Welcome to Disruption Blueprint with Shannon Spotswood from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we help advisors grow their net worth, build their businesses, and maximize their independence. We've built an award-winning platform with innovative technology, comprehensive service, and a team of individuals who are experts in their field to serve advisors. Join us for this journey where we explore everything that has to do with running an independent advisor practice as we bring together successful advisors, industry experts, and innovative minds who are on the bleeding edge to challenge the status quo, foster new ideas, and create a path for advisors to unleash their growth potential. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Disruption Blueprint. Today, we are joined by Nicole Mittendorf. She is the CEO of Prosper Well Financial, a five-time published author, creator of The Livet List, a lifestyle brand dedicating to helping people really live their best life to the fullest. Nicole, I'm so excited to have you join us on Disruption Blueprint today. Oh, thank you so much. Excited to be here. What I love about our connection is we're LinkedIn friends. Which I think it's so cool how we like jump this like digital world of like, and I was admiring your brand and loving everything that you were putting out there. And then we got to, you know, meet, although virtually and and talk about this incredible journey that you've had in the industry. It's amazing how small the world gets when you make the one-to-one connections that are actually initially created very kind of unemotionally and in, in this big morass of social. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how small it is, like how many people, like there was someone that I met from LinkedIn and the amount of people that him and I are connected to, like, it's just that I know really, really well. And it, it's just, it's amazing. It's a very yeah. small world. It, it really is. I want to talk about, you know, we're going to get kind of into the emotional side of things today. I want to talk about the power of the pivot. I want to talk about fear and I want to talk about abundance. And you really like hooked me when we first met with your personal story. You became a financial advisor, really kicking and screaming. This is not what you wanted to do. So let's just set the table for this conversation and share about your journey. Yeah. So um, went to went to college for international business and marketing. And my plan was to go to law school. I had the amazing opportunity to study abroad over in Germany in high school and college and fell in love with the United Nations. I learned then about Madeleine Albright and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I was like, that's me. Like that, that is that is my path. I need those to get are my, my people. Yes, those are my people. I'm like, I need to get my law degree and I'm gonna change the world globally. Um, but life doesn't necessarily happen how you plan it sometimes. And so I um at college, met a guy that had dreamt his whole life of being a stockbroker. And so he graduated. He started working back then. It was Dean Witter, but he started working at Dean Witter. I was selling Mary Kay cosmetics, finished up with college, got my first job uh, as a food broker, buying and selling potatoes and onions. And <laughs> he started transporting them to Mexico and Canada, <laughs> utilizing my international business degree while I was like, okay, I got to get ready to get to law school. And my now ex-husband, you'll see where this story is going, was like, you're not going to law school. He's like, you're you're going to work with me. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> and um, way back when in, in sixth grade, 
I was, I was always in all the, well, they call them challenge classes back then. Now they're like honors classes. I was always in the honors classes. And one day our math teacher was gone for the challenge program. So I was with everyone in the math class and he called me to the, the teacher called me to the front of the room to do this problem. And I did it on the chalkboard and I sat back down. I looked back at it and I was going to say something because I'm like, I think I did that wrong, but I didn't say anything. Well, the teacher made this huge, big deal. How could this challenge? I did the problem wrong. How could this challenge student do this math problem wrong? And I was mortified from that moment forward. I was never in challenge math. I struggled with math. And so for me, I was like, I can't do money because I can't do math. Because of this random teacher that showed up and criticized you. Yep. Like that wound went so deep that it was literally clouding your possibility. Yes. And that's why, like, I believe today and why I've had such success in my career is because of the things that have happened and those memories and that deep wound that this teacher left me that many women have that I can't do math, which means I can't do money and that lack of confidence and But anyway, so, you know, obviously I passed all the exams. I got started working at Morgan Stanley. Well, back then it was Morgan Stanley, Dean Witter, and had to give up selling Mary Kay cosmetics, had to give up coaching figure skating for this career that I was not interested in and not excited about, but was being refused to go to law school. And I, I taught the Smart Women Finish Rich course. I had, you know, I cold called. I had my sheet that I would do 500 dials a day and you know, I just worked Did it. extremely hard. And and looking back now, you know, I would rather be at the office working or I would rather be teaching a class or a seminar because people were telling me I was great versus my personal life. I was was starting to unravel and I was starting to realizing like I didn't want to be at home because home wasn't fun. If I was at work and if I was working, I was getting accolades yeah. and I was helping people, which I loved that. But I didn't love the fact that I was a financial advisor. Yeah. So fast forward, um, August 4th of 2010 was the first time that the 911 phone call went through. And my now ex-husband was arrested for domestic violence. Our daughter was six months old and our son was two. And I really had to come to grips with the fact that here I am in this career that I didn't plan on, a house that I didn't want or pick out boats, four-wheelers, you know, all of this stuff. And none of it I had picked out and none of it made me happy. Like right. I literally was just like, I, I don't love this, but I felt yeah. completely stuck because I was ordered to pay a significant amount of spousal maintenance. And I had two kids under the age of two, let alone I was an emotional mess from everything right. I've been through. And so one night I just sat down and I'm like, to rewrite my bucket list because growing up, I had, I, I always had lists. I had, I was blessed with one of my figure skating coaches had her PhD in psychology. So she always worked with me with the power of the mind. And so I'm like, I'm just going to write down and redo my bucket list. I'm going to do 12 things for a year. Cause the average divorce I'd heard in Minnesota takes about a year. And so I'm going to do one thing a month. And so I wrote my list and one of them was to drive a race car. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to drive a race car. And that's how the live it list was born. And that's how I came to love what I do. And really it's all about helping people, but I believe that all of us have a path and all of us have a reason. And sometimes 
you're driven down this path and you don't really necessarily see it. Like now it's like clear (laughs) as day of like, wow, here I am, here I am in the financial services industry. I can help inspire women, not only for, to become clients and other business owners, but also to get more women in this industry. And I really can be this change maker that I wanted to be as Madeline Albright or Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I just didn't know that it was going to be in the financial services industry, but I feel very, very, very blessed. Well, I think that's where, you know, you and I are such kindred spirits on this. Like you can only be what you can see. And as an industry, we haven't done a great job of retaining the women who are initially attracted, which is far too few. And then recruiting women who have that misconception of I'm not good at math, so I don't do money and you know all the various things that run through the head. So I admire so much that you're kind of declaratively stating that a part of your why is to be that force for change, to be that change maker, to to really empower women both professionally to join our industry, but also through the work that you do day in and day out as an advisor, you know, to to help, you know, realize those goals, those dreams, get out of those situations of domestic violence. Right. I'm always looking for that thing to go viral online. <laughs> and the post that hit the most so far, I don't even remember now, like it's like 120,000 or something like that, or 140,000, 160,000. It was on LinkedIn. And it was simply, I joke, it was like my HGTV picture, but it was a picture. So I bought a commercial building five years ago. That's 9,000 square feet. That's where we office. And I have executive office suites as well. And that's where we host events. And so all I did was take my own personal office that I'm sitting in and I took a picture before and I took a picture after. And I wrote this post just from the heart of like, never in my wildest dreams did I think as a full-time single mom and a full-time business owner that I could own a 9,000 commercial, 9,000 square foot commercial building. But it was kind of like, if I can do this, you can do this. And that's where I have all these moments that I've spoken or written something where people comment or, you know, reach out to me and say like, wow, like you're a life changer. Like you don't real, I don't realize the impact that I make in people's lives. And that's why I'm here is to really share my story and be vulnerable and really help other people make it all happen in the financial services industry, let alone male, female, helping people, let alone inspiring other business owners, let alone inspiring women. The Live It List didn't start out being called the Live It List. I have my copy right here. I'm so excited to dig in. It's just so awesome. Um, But you originally called it a bucket list. Um, I want one, I want you to tell that story because it's really, it's really cute. And then I want to talk about how, like, I think both of us are continually surprised by these artificial boundaries that people are setting up in their lives. Like they're just too afraid to take the leap. They're too afraid to make the change. And they've, they've constructed a false narrative in their head. And, you know, as you just said, like you are living proof of like the worst possible thing happened to you. You were in a career you didn't want to be in, living a life you didn't want to live with the world's greatest responsibility on your shoulders, that of caring for your children, 
from a place of being very wounded personally. So one, tell the story about how it became the live it list from the bucket list. And then let's talk about doing hard things and taking leaps of faith. Yeah. So I got the kids to bed one night and, you know, I'm like, how did I end up here? I've got two kids under the age of two and I am miserable. I don't, I hate everything. And, and my world was so negative. I'm like, what am I going to do? And so I, I rewrote my bucket list and I met with my best friend from college. I said, here, I did, I wrote down 12 things and I'm going to do one thing a month for a year just to be a, a distractor for me <laughs> in my divorce. And he's like, and I said, the, the first one that I want to do is drive a race car. Cause I'm an adrenaline junkie. And he's like, I, I said, let's go up to Northern Minnesota and we'll drive a race car. And he's like, Nick, in anything you do, you don't just put hundred percent into it. You put 180. So like, you need to go to a real speedway. I'm like, okay, well, I don't drive a stick shift. I'm <laughs> like, I know nothing about race cars and like, where even is like a speedway? He's like, go to Vegas. He goes, go this weekend. I'm like, okay, perfect. You're, you're coming with me. He's like, no, I'm going to go with you. He's like, this is something you got to do on your own. So my parents moved into my house to take care of the kids, bought a ticket to Vegas, got the tickets to drive this race car and hopped on a plane. And for some reason, like looking back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I made this all happen. So I'm going through a divorce, two kids under the age of two, felt compelled to stay in the local book club, the woman's book club. And we're reading Steve Jobs's book, which is like uh-huh. fungus. And so I'm sitting down on the plane. I'm like, I've got to finish this book like on this flight. And I'm trying to read. And the gentleman sitting next to me had to talk to me the whole time. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but he's like, you know, oh, why are you going to Vegas? You know, where are you going to gamble at? I'm like, I'm not going to Vegas to gamble. I'm simply going to drive a race car. And he like, couldn't get his arms around that. And so eventually I just said, look, I rewrote my bucket list. I'm doing one thing a month for a year. He finally was quiet (laughs) and he's like, oh my gosh. He's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, you're so young. Is it cancer? And I'm like, no, it's not. I just, so then I explained like I'm going through a divorce, like it's complicated. And so when I landed, I, I just, I was to myself, I'm like, can't do this. Like everything in my life is so negative. I can't tell people I'm doing something on my bucket list because they think you're dying. Right. I've already died. (laughs) And so I'm like, I'm just going to call it the live it list. So I just started calling it the live it list. And as I continued to do some of these things and some of them, I would do them with another person. And I mean, I went like on a little segue tour. And when I did that, people were like, Hey, have you heard about ziplining here? And have you done this? And so I was adding things to my list. And then I learned one in three Americans is happy. I then learned if you spend more money on experiences, you're going to be happier than if you spend money on things. And that is when I had this aha moment of, wow, like this isn't something that is just helping me change my life. This is something that I can help change other people's lives. Because what I learned is when I went swimming with sharks and I repelled down the Ecolab building and when I did something that I was like so physically scared and I accomplished it, I was like... I can handle court. I can handle dealing with child protection. I can handle dealing with starting my business all over from scratch. I had to give him the phone number, the website. We had 12 financial advisors and I'm virtually starting all over. Like I can do that if I can swim with sharks. And so I realized it was this boost of confidence for me, let alone, 
I'm like, gosh, every client, we're going to give them a financial plan. And like, yes, we'll help them to retirement, kids to college, all the stuff. But it's, we now ask what's on your live it list. Yeah. Because we want people to be happy. We, and the more, you know, I've been doing this for so long, you know, money means nothing if you don't have your health and if you yeah. don't have your happiness. And that's yeah. really what makes us unique. And it, it adds to my story. And that's where now earlier this year, we launched the liveitlist.com. We take people on live it list trips. We do local live it list experiences and it's all about living life to the fullest. And, and that's where like, I now completely love what I do because it's coming from a place of authenticity and it's coming from something that like, I love to travel. I love to inspire people. I love to help people. I love to do things. And so it's all about bringing those people along with me. A big theme that you hit on is this get comfortable being uncomfortable and you'll never be uncomfortable again. And you're intentionally putting things in your life to build that muscle of being comfortable, being uncomfortable. But, you know, one in three, you just threw out the stat one in three, I would say, you know, the majority of financial advisors are kind of living in that trap of like, I'm not really happy, but, 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 right. right. I've got the responsibility of my family. I've got the lifestyle I need to maintain. I've got the restrictions around me from the firm I'm affiliated with, whatever it is. So what is your advice? Because I'm sure you get asked all the time, not just by your clients, but by other professionals in our industry. Like, how do you get to that point where you finally just take the leap? You've got to get over the negative self-talk. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I still have it right now. I, I'm taking another huge, big leap. I am building my dream home on, on a lake here and, and it it's uncomfortable, <laughs> but you've got to get comfortable in those uncomfortable, like, you know, buying this building, like, and that's part of the reason of the live it list. Like for me, you know, every month I'm still doing one thing. And some yeah. of these things can be kind of scary and, and we donate them to uh, charity events. And so one of the things that's coming up on the calendar, oh, so a woman, um, you know, bought it at a charity event and I, she's another CEO. I know her well. And so she called me and she's like, part of the reason I bought it. She's like, I just want to hang out with you. Yeah. And um, so we're chit chatting and figuring out like, you know, she's like, what's still on your live it list? And I'm like, well, I've gone, like, I've never gone, and I think, I don't even know if this is what they call it, but I'm like, I've never gone, like, kite surfing on the lake in the wintertime. Yeah. I've done it in the summertime. And so we're going to go kite surfing. And both of us are like, oh, my God, like, we can't break right. something. Like, you know, right. should we wear helmets? Like, And so all of that is, like, this preparation and this planning for it. It's just, like, this preparation of, like, let me hire another assistant or yeah. Let me do this marketing initiative. You're prepping, you're planning just what you do for your clients, but you're doing it for yourself. And then you have that big event or you finally hire that assistant. And usually, because what happens to me, and I know what happens to most people is you're like, why didn't I do this sooner? Right. And that's where, you know, if anything, like for us with our team, like I, I, I've always been like understaffed. And so earlier this year, I'm like, I'm going to go overstaffed. Like I'm going to hire all these people and it blew up in my face. <laughs> it didn't work, but that's the beauty of it right. is making those mistakes and getting uncomfortable because that's where you learn the most mm -hmm. is when you make those mistakes. So 
go do that marketing event, you know, host that big thing. And let's say you plan on having a hundred people and five people show up, you're going to figure out, okay, obviously I need to do something a little bit different. Well, you're going to tweak it and then you're going to go do it. And you're going to have 150 people show up. It's all about make, I I joke, you know, I want to make mistakes faster right? because the more mistakes that you make, the more you learn from those mistakes. It is such good advice. And I think that this, you know, this circles back to that scarcity versus abundance mindset. 98% of the population lives with a scarcity mindset. And if you tap into that abundance mindset where it's like money is infinite, energy is infinite, none of those mistakes are going to define who you are at the core of your person. So fail faster, try more, be less scared, have an abundance mindset like spread kind of the positivity that comes from that, but we're just so stuck in it. Mm-hmm. And that's it's where you've so got rare. To find, that's where you've got to find tools that work for you. I mean, for, you know, for us as a, as a team, the book we loved is traction. You know, yeah. we meet every morning. What are the three things we'll, we're grateful for? What are, what is the one thing we're grateful for? And what are the three things we're working on? Yeah. And so if you come from a place of gratitude, and this is the whole live it less curriculum, like if you come from a place of gratitude, if you come from a place of happiness, if you have that positive mindset, it's a game changer. Yeah. And I mean, it comes with like to my, my figure skating coach, I would skate over to her and I'd be like, oh, I can't do this. And one day she's like, here's the deal. I want you to bring a dictionary tomorrow and show me where the word can't is. <laughs> she's like, yeah. it's not in there. It's not in the dictionary. So it's not a word that you can use. So I stopped using the word. I stopped coming over to it at the boards. I just would go do the jump, fall, get up, go do the jump, fall, get up, go do the jump. And then eventually I would land it. And so it's the same philosophy. Like I tell, we tell clients and prospective clients, when someone says like, I can't afford this, you got to shift how you think, how can I afford this? And it's the same thing I tell my kids. It's the same thing we tell our employees. I mean, it's one of the reasons I left and went independent (laughs) because I kept being told you can't do this. You can't do this. I'm like, but my, that's not how my brain works. How can I do this? I always say like my least favorite answer is no, but then I have to reframe it. Oh, that just means I need to ask this question in a different way to get to yes. Right. Absolutely. And the more no's you get, the closer you are to getting that yes. Yeah. Well, I'm sure this is on your list. I just finished this past weekend, Dan Sullivan's new book that was written with um, Benjamin Hardy why 10x is easier than 2x. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read it, I'm sending it to you as a thank you because oh, thank you. you are tu- <laughs> oh my gosh, you are touching on, you know, he's a big believer in traction and EOS, but this this idea of, you know, why is 10x easier than 2x? Because when you just go for like you're going to go for that big hairy audacious goal, you start shutting down all the tributary decision pathways, because to do something really exceptional, there's really only one way you can do it. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to do something where you're just going to two exit, there's a lot of different paths that you can go down and find that success. 
But if you really want to go and build, you know, what you're building with the Liveitless and now this Liveitless experiences and having this change maker impact and you're creating a lifestyle brand, like you're creating a coaching and inspirational and motivational company, yep. like that's going to require you. This isn't going to be the last time you go, I'm going to hire a lot of people and I'm going right. to staff this up. You're like, no, 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 I'm going to do that again. I'm just going to do it differently with what I learned from the mistakes the first time I did it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So one of the things that you challenged me to that I was impressed um, by your, you know, you've built this huge LinkedIn following 26,000 followers. You've had a viral moment. As I mentioned, you've published five books. You've got your fifth one coming out. Um, you've got this very cool video that when you connect with you, you get sent this video. I took that idea. It was wildly uncomfortable. (laughs) I just felt so self-promotional. I've had great feedback from it. Um, so advisors are very uncomfortable here. We're spending, uh, you know, the data is coming out less than 1% of revenue is being spent on branding and marketing. Even this simple thing of like, I'm going to film a video. So when you connect with me, you're going to learn a little bit more about me. That took, I don't know, 30 minutes and pretty much no cost because we just filmed it. What is your recommended strategy for advisors to jump that chasm, get engaged on marketing and start building that LinkedIn following? Get a marketing intern because these young people know so much and the stuff is so easy for them to do. And then you've really got to decide, you know, what, why are you doing it and where are you going to be? And we, we actually came up because of like all the stuff that I do, I get asked, you know, well, how do you do this? Where do you post all that? So we actually came up with this whole social media guide and we came up with this producers club. And so you can go to NicoleMindorf.com and get, and get that stuff. But you want to come up with first, get an intern, get a marketing plan, but, and figure out like, why are you doing this? And so for me, we were, and we still are like, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on all, you know, we have the websites, we do the newsletter, like we do all of this stuff, but where we get most of our clients from are referrals, which everyone always says that, but it's like, do they really come from referrals? Right. But referrals, the events that we do and then LinkedIn. And so that's where we want to spend most of our time. And so me personally, I am the one, I am the one. So when you go on and you, if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see this, but every single day, the content that happens and I, I'm, I always book out, I try to book out at least 30 days in advance just because of compliance and timing. And I don't want to feel stressed that I need to write something for tomorrow, but all of that stuff that's written, that is me. Yep. And that's the most important thing is that it comes from your heart. Like, I find it really interesting. Like I, you had said this earlier, like, don't ever just do something to do something. So we had, we had a prospective client and they came in and they were looking at me and two other advisors, two other competitors. And so in the end, they picked us and um, I always ask like, well, so, you know, why was the reason? And she just get, you know, she's like, well, you have the live it list. She's like, it's all, it's just different. She's like, I feel like you actually care. <laughs> and she goes, but I also want to tell you, she's like, their websites, she's like, are the same. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they each had like cookie cutter websites. And so it's like, to me, you don't just want to like do something, do something. Because if you're posting something on LinkedIn, that's using, you know, your back offices, like content and another competitor is using the same thing. How are you unique and how are you different? And so that's where then people panic. They're like, oh my God, I don't know how to write. I don't know what, you know, how do you make it your voice? And so that's where you've got to spend some time figuring out like what makes sense for you. Well, maybe it's not LinkedIn. Maybe you should be doing radio. Maybe you should be doing podcasts. Maybe you should be doing TV. Maybe you shouldn't even be there. You know, it's all about figuring out like what makes sense for you. And so for me, I was at a a conference, I was in Chicago and I heard this man, Kevin Knebel, and he was on stage and he was speaking about LinkedIn. He's like this advisor. And back then I think I'd like 3000 people that were connected with me on LinkedIn. And he's like, this advisor got a $17 million account from Merrill Lynch from LinkedIn. And this one got a $10 million account. And I'm sitting in the audience. I'm like, well, those people can do that. Like, why can't I do this? And so I went up to him and I handed him my card. And I'm like, here's the deal. I need to hire you. And he, we did a, a free session. And he's like, you don't need to hire me. You just need to do these eight things. And so I did those eight things. And I went from you know 3,000 to 7,000 to 12,000 to now here I'm at you know 26,000. And it's not the amount of the connections. For right. me, it's that when, you know, I mean, I went to school for international business and marketing. And back then in college, like they still will tell you this today, you need to see something or hear something. It needs to come across your desk six times right. before you actually are like, oh, wow, that's prosper well. <laughs> no, you know, and so you, it's all about being out there and being visible, but it's also people want stories and people want to feel connected to you because that's the other thing that makes us unique is there's so many financial advisors and don't get me wrong. I totally respect those. They'll have like three meetings with people before the, or four, you know, before the person becomes a client, right? We have people that call and like, Hey, can I, can you help me with this 401k plan rollover? Because they feel like they know me. Right. Because I'm posting about me. I'm posting because they do. They do know you. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's authentic content that you're creating. So they do know you. Right. And so that's where people, you know, it, it, it made our, I hate to say sales process, but it, yeah. it made our, it streamlined our process. It makes things so much easier. You know, now every client, and I also had the difficulty that people wanted to meet with me. And so every client has a dedicated relationship manager. You know, we've learned, we've made all these mistakes. <laughs> we've learned how to be more efficient with our process, but social media, like, I mean, the power of it is just phenomenal to be, you know, in your pajamas, posting something on LinkedIn. And, you know, a few months later, they become a client. Like we posted, we we came up with this legacy document. And it's just, it's a document that's in addition to someone's estate plan, where it's like, what's your favorite money memory? And using some of this live it list curriculum that we came up with to like really help people to have another document, like what's your safe deposit box code? Like if you were no longer here, what's the document that you want your kids or your beneficiaries to have? And so I post on LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, hey, just just knows we have this really cool document. Well, six people message that they wanted the document. So we sent it out to them. I personally follow up a couple of times, three times. And then the team continues to follow up. So, and I think we did this like, well, I think it was maybe January, February when I posted this, Uh, the team kept following up and the man just came into the office 
has a financial advisor, hasn't met with the financial advisor in years, has a financial plan that he pays for, but he doesn't even know what it says. And he's got $4 million. Yeah. And it's, you know, and he, we met once. He's like, yeah, sounds great. Right. <laughs> and so it's all about if you're coming from an authentic place and I just want to help people. I want to be that metal and Albright, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg yeah. that changes the world with money and people's happiness. And if you, if, you know, find, you know, maybe you're like, there's the retirement answer, man. I mean, there's, there's so many cool things out there. Maybe you're an expert in stock options or, you know, I'm a certified divorce financial analyst. Maybe you're an expert in divorce, like whatever it is, figure out what you're, what you want, what excites you and then talk about it because yeah. you're going to find the people and the people are going to be attracted to you that love what you do and love your message. And it's a better client. It's a better fit. It's a better relationship. And you're going to love everything more. And that's, it's such an important part of this. Um, You know, we get one shot at this life. Like we better be passionate about what we're doing and who we're serving and who we're rubbing, you know, who's your five that you're spending the most time with. I mean, it is just such a fleeting moment. So I love that you're like, kind of out there very, very passionately advocating for like, live your life to the fullest. Like you don't get a do-over. This is it. Right. Okay. So everyone's going to want the list of eight things. Have you codified that? Do you have a document of the eight things we all need to do? I always get asked that. I'm like, well, it was specific to me. Like, and so that's where people are like, Kevin's going to love you. And I'm like, yes, I know he does. Um, And so the eight things were specific to me, but one of them was hashtags like on your LinkedIn profile. Um, He helped me change like how my profile was written so that it wasn't like so boring. Yeah. (laughs) And then the video, like video. And then the other thing, which we have not taken to the next level, which I, I feel like I mean, we haven't really, we haven't even really taken to like the basic level <laughs> We is sales navigator. Yeah, He's like, you need to, in- if you are going to use LinkedIn, you need to invest in it. And so we pay the extreme fee for sales navigator. We've done a little bit with it, but I feel like once we turn that on, that's where things will dramatically, yep. dramatically grow even more. I love it. All right. Last question. And we just have to go there. We are in the midst of massive transformational change in our industry. You know, we've all seen, I call them the Wonder Woman stats. So by the year 2030, women will control 67% of all wealth in this country. And yet so many women, you know, if we if we did a random survey today, right now, November 1st, 2023, we're knocking on the door. We're six years away, basically. Women are still saying. They feel left out of the money conversation. They feel disconnected from the process. They don't feel like they're being heard in the meeting. We aren't attracting young women into our profession at the rate that we should, considering the financial opportunity to not only provide for your family, but to touch so many and do so much good. Only 14% of financial advisors are women. We've got a big disconnect here. What are your thoughts on this? Well, you just inspired me. I was Wonder Woman for Halloween. And so I was going to make a post on LinkedIn because we we had a superhero theme as a team at Prosper Well. So I was going to make a post for LinkedIn about that, about like how, you know, we, you know, as your financial advisor, your superhero, you know, kind of if you're not, call us kind of thing. 
But I'm like, I need to just have pictures of me about Wonder Woman and like use some of these statistics and stuff. So thank you for your inspiration. Absolutely. It's a great one. But I I was part of a group. We all, um, it was during the pandemic. It was all women, top advisors, and we were all on Zoom. And I, I had said, I said, I have this issue and I hired a recruiter and he didn't bring me because I needed to hire another a team member. He didn't bring me a single woman. And so, and not to stereotype, I then hired a female recruiter and same thing. She didn't bring me a single woman either. And so I'm on this zoom and I'm like, how do I like, how do I change that? <laughs> like how, how, and, and all of us, all of us had the same common thread. None of us had planned on being a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. And so that's where all of us kind of agreed saying we need to share our story. Yeah. And we, so not only do we need to share our story, but we also then need to make sure that these younger generations look at financial services for women, that it is a potential, that it is a career. And then how can we structure our teams so that we can bring someone in? Because, you know, I mean, for me, that's why I'm an older mom is because I wanted to wait until I had, I, I wanted to wait till I made a hundred grand a year before I had children, because I, I mean, frankly, there's, there's no way I could have done this career. You just, it's just, I, you know, you eat mac and cheese, bread and butter for so many years to build your clientele and build your business. And so how can we structure our teams? And so that's where now we have the prosper well way. We have a career path. We have an opportunity for women to come into this career that, you know, I, I hate to say that I'm the rainmaker, but we oh. get so much business from LinkedIn and from all the events and the things that we do. And my own personal dream is just to have 10 clients. Right. So I am that source then and can be that source to bring these younger advisors in. And so that's where it's like, how do, how do we do that? And so one, it's me sharing my story. It's us going to the colleges, going into high schools, utilizing these, you know, being a mentor, really getting the word out. And it's all how it, you know, it starts with us. Like every single one of us is women, you know, holding people accountable. Like I I was at a a conference and this woman, um, I met her at the bar and she started sharing with me some inappropriate things that had happened from a, a top male advisor at the conference. And so I brought it up to management and she was like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. I'm like, I'm saying uh-uh. something. Yeah, I'm not using your name, but I'm saying something. And so it's all of us taking and making, you know, male, female, whomever, not accepting the things that happen in our industry and really making sure that we're promoting women within our teams, within the industry, with, you know, in ever, every facet of the, of our life. And what do you think is something that advisors can do to shift that disconnect for our female clients where they feel left out of the conversation, they feel disconnected from the process. You know, I hate more that, you know, we created our women's educational uh, initiative is stronger money. And our tagline is, you know, through education, live financially fearless. And it was born from this horrible stat of women firing their financial advisor when they have a death or divorce. So at the moment that they are most vulnerable and need that trust, equity in that relationship, it's not there and they're looking for someone new. I mean, it's like blows your mind. Right. So what can advisors do that are like, yep, I hear you, I see it, I I respect the Wonder Woman stats, what can I do about it? Yep. 
you look at the woman more than the man in the appointments. No matter if you're a female advisor or male advisor, you look at the woman more. And, and it's the little things it's we, so we talk about, and, and we want, I want to have our team members have a wow experience and I want our clients to have a wow experience. And so if anything, we get comments that it's the exact opposite. Like we've, we've had two men in the last three years kind of complain that we're always using the woman's name first, <laughs> but in an email, you know, like sometimes a lot of these things just happen and you don't like think about it, but it's like, are you sending the documentation to just the man? Like, are you really including her? But not just like including her to include her, but are you actually including her, inviting her, engaging her, doing events for women? You know, we, we have, I mentioned the legacy document and I'm a certified divorce financial analyst. So we have tons of stuff for divorce, but we did um, a, a, so a live it list event and it was a burger tasting. And so I had some clients there. So it was a small burger tasting. It was a phenomenal event. And uh, a great idea, by the way, I doesn't love a good burger. Yeah. And so, and uh, so I was walking out and I was in the parking lot talking to a client and this other woman came up to me. It was, it was a client and I was hired primarily by her husband to take care of the daughter. And so they actually just took a million dollars from another firm and gave it to their daughter. And I have those assets, but I have the couples, some of the couple's assets as well. And so the mom comes over to me and she's like, my worry is when he passes away. And she goes, I'm lose, I'm starting to lose sleep over at a night because more of her appointment has been about like his health and how like I've been down to the Mayo Clinic for the executive physical. And like, I'm like, okay, it, that was on my to-do list. It wasn't about his investments. It was to get him to get down to Mayo. And so she's concerned about his health and she's concerned that he's going to lose him. Yeah. And she's like, all I know, Nicole, is to call you. Yeah. And so she inspired me. Uh, we actually just sent it to her yesterday. And it was, you know, you inspired me so much that I, we developed like a packet that we're, well, we're working on it for women before they become widows. So this mm-hmm. is for current clients. And so you you want to engage them and you want, to, it's not that we've lost clients because someone becomes a widow. It's just because we have ended up with so many women as right. clients, as widows. And I'm like, I, I want to stop this. Like, just like you said, like, it's so emotionally hard already. And then to change financial advisors or to try to find someone during that process, it makes it even more stressful. Yeah. So how can you do a better service for people, let alone how can you do a better service for yourself and your practice by retaining those clients? But you've got to not wait until the main person that you've been contacting passes away. You've right. got to have as solid of a relationship with the with the other party. And I mean, you hear story after story after story. There was I was at a conference and this advisor was talking, and he lost his biggest client because you know he's like he was my best friend. Like we went golfing, and because they didn't really cater to the wife. Ever don't. Yeah. Don't, don't leave. You know, you look at two people as equals and you communicate with both of them. And like, we don't, we don't, we'll, we'll have it. Like I, I won't do a meeting if they're not bringing her along. Like, Mm -hmm. like you, like, it's just, it's not going to work. Like it's not, it's not a fit for us. It's, it's such, I mean, in nothing you said is hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's, not. it's just being intentional with that experience. And in a lot of ways, 
especially I think for the CSAs on the team, like empowering them to go where their heart already is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's that give them permission, give them a ton of room to have impact over that, that relationship. And you'll be surprised at what transpires. Absolutely. Cause it's those little things like you, you know, we have one client where like, you know, we don't really meet with the wife. Like she's really not that involved. She doesn't really want to be, even though like I forced her to be, and we found out a few of her favorite things. And so that's what we sent her to her for her, for her birthday. It opened up the door. She's now more responsive and more engaged. And, you know, maybe things have happened in your, in her life, but it's all, it's the little things that how can you, how can you wow someone? Yeah. Well, Nicole, this has been such a treat. All right. So when people want to get a copy of their live it list, where do they go? Yep. NicoleMiddendorf.com is where they can go. Um, Otherwise the live it list.com. And prosperwell.com is our investing practice. And I got to find a way to come on one of these trips. They look Costa Rica. Costa Rica is February and we still have one spot left. So you could join. And I love Costa. A little Pura Vida is good for everyone. I see. And I've never, I've never been there. So I'm looking. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You are going to love it. Love it. If you're going to Tamarindo, are you headed that, that part of the world for surfing? Not this one. No. All right. Well, I can hook you up with some uh, insight there. Perfect. That'll be another live it list adventure. There, See, this there is what happens. Will be. Like my list keeps growing. This, <laughs> there's so much to do and there's so much to experience in life and so many people to help. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Appreciate so it. Thank you for listening to the Disruption Blueprint podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rfgadvisory.com or schedule a call on our advisor resources page. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific training strategy. Information here may be provided, in part, by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our guests nor RFG advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our guests. They do not necessarily represent those of RFG advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, LLC, RFG Advisory or RFG, a registered investment advisor. Private client services and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG Advisory is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission, nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.